Great. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump into Mark. Luke did a great job last week. For those of you who weren't here, he started our conversation, our sermon series on the gospel of Mark. He started Mark 1 and went all the way to Mark 3 verse 6. And I'm going to start with one verse that's in, in his, that was in the part number one. And that's over there. It says Mark 1 15 and Jesus speaking and he's basically declaring what he's about to do on earth. He says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. He says, 2,000 years ago, he makes the statement, the time is fulfilled. In other words, it is now. And if it was then, it was then real. And it was then important to understand that the time is now. It's also, it's even more important to understand that time is now. And the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, the kingdom of God is close. It's accessible. It's available to us. And then he gives us insight on how to actually get involved in the kingdom of God. He says, repent. And, and Luke did a great job of explaining that. We need to turn away from, from our ways, our selfish ways, our sin. But also we need to turn towards God. We need to say no to some things. But also we need to say yes to Jesus. And then he says, after repentance, we should also believe the gospel. And gospel means good news. It's so easy in these days to, to believe the bad news. The third wave is coming. We believe that. Or, hey, the economy is really in turmoil. We're going to suffer for a while coming. We believe that. It's bad news. But we believe it. But it's so important to to then go into the Scriptures and to understand what is the good news. Because the good news of Jesus, it trumps all the bad news. It might be messy out there, but it should never be a mess in here. It might be a war outside, but inside you can have peace. When Stephen was stoned, he looked up and he saw heaven, and he was at peace in that moment. He was stoned. The external circumstances, was, it, it, were, it was bad. It was evil, but he had peace inside of him. So we need to start believing the good news. So the first three chapters, Jesus basically introduced himself as the new king. Everybody thought he's going to come with a massive army. He's going he's to take over the Roman Empire, but he didn't. He came as a servant as a servant king. And now in the next three chapters, we're going to look at how he establishes his kingdom and also what that kingdom looks like. So Mark 3, 9 to 12, gives us a picture of what his kingdom looks like. And he told his disciples, as Jesus speaking, to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. No social distancing in that time. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. So he says, Hey, listen here. I am the king. I'm bringing my world along. I'm bringing my reality along. And my reality trumps the reality of the world. So if you're ill, then my reality is you are healed. 
if you are demon-possessed, if you're struggling with demons, my reality trumps that reality, and even the evil within you will declare who I truly am, and that is I am the Son of God. So this is my kingdom. I bring power with my kingdom. It's not only that I come here and announce, announce something that's coming. It is already here. Remember, he said, it's at hand. It's close by. So that's the first point that I want to make about his kingdom. There's a new reality, and it trumps the current reality. And then Mark 3, 14 and 15 Mark says, and he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they, they might be with him. In other words, have relationship with Jesus, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. It's very significant that he actually chooses 12 apostles, because remember, he's now introducing a new kingdom. The old kingdom, the Israelite kingdom, had to do with 12 tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. Now there's a new kingdom. He says, hey, listen here, I'm going to choose normal people. I'm going to choose tax collectors, fishermen, and I'm going to appoint them as the holy people. And I'm going to assign to them three things. The one is, they need to be with me. They need to be my friends. They need to come alongside me. They need to come and bry with me. They need to come and fish with me. They need to come teach with me. And then I'm also going to send them out, these normal people. By the way, when I say normal people, that includes you. So everything that was assigned to the apostles, actually, you must put your name in there and must say, hey, Dwayne, I am called to do this. Leanne, I am called to this. Callista, I am called to this. To be with him, to preach the good news, and also to drive our demons. Not only the pastors, all of us. So in other words, God's saying, there's a new reality. It trumps all the evil. Every kind of evil is under Jesus' feet. It's under His kingdom. When His kingdom advances, nothing can stand. And He says, the way that I want to do it is I want to choose people. And just normal people. People that say yes. People that come to a church service like this and, hey, hey it's weird. Wow, these people worship. I'm just going to stick up my hand. I'm going to say, Lord, if this is you, then use me. I'm going to come and collect my certificate and my lint chocolate. I'm going to say, Lord, within this church, just use me. It's those people that God chooses. He says, yes, I have somebody. He's crazy enough to believe that I'm true, that I'm good, and that I want to send them out. And then you're going to be sent out and He's going to give you a message. It could be just a simple testimony. It's not a simple, it's a profound testimony like Corinne, or Dion just saying to me before the service, oh, it might encourage you, but I, I got 5,000 rand and then 8,000 rand, or 8,000 rand, then 5,000 rand this afternoon. I, I just want to say, hey, God is good. It might be that you are the only person in your family that are saved. It might be that you, your parents are saved, they know Jesus, but they're struggling, they're struggling financially or they're struggling with illness or sickness. It might be that you are called. You walk in there, I have a message from the Lord. Not in arrogance. Remember, Jesus came as a servant. Don't be like me when I came back from varsity, filled with Holy Spirit, went to my dad. My dad's a Dominion and started preaching at him about baptism and how they missed it about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. That was, not, that was not God. 
It was maybe truth that I was speaking, but it was not in a in a humble way. So you have a message, and then also you have authority. And it's the one thing that I wish the whole church can understand is that you have authority. And in order for you to advance his kingdom in the way that he wants you to advance it, you must understand that you have that authority. That if you are submitted to the king, then you move out, out into the world to advance his kingdom as an ambassador of the king. For instance, what will happen if, if Hamas now sends rockets into the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem? What will happen? It will be a war not against only against Palestine or between Palestine and Israel. It will be a war against Hamas and also the U.S. because they touch the embassy. And when they touch the embassy, they touch the ambassador. And when they touch the ambassador, they touch the country. So when you move out from, from where you are and say, Lord, I, I submit unto you as the king and also I want to advance your kingdom, you move out as an ambassador and the devil's like, I'm not going to touch that person because the moment I touch that person, I'm just reminded of what happened in the cross because he already defeated me. I don't want to play around with that. So God wants to use you. He wants to send you out. He wants you to be with him. And he wants you to cast out demons. Wherever you go, the darkness must go. Because sometimes we don't understand if we as the kingdom people, if we advance God's kingdom, another kingdom must give way. There's no neutral ground on this earth. If you, if you think that, hey, I'm, I'm going to get saved now, I'm going to fill with the Spirit, I'm going to start worshiping, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to come to small group, I'm just going to share the gospel with other people. If you think the devil's going to be happy with it, that's... You're deceived. It's not true. He's not happy with that. Because the moment you get saved, he's losing his grip on you. And you're going to experience some resistance. And we're also going to look at the resistance that Jesus experienced. Then the third thing that Mark in this piece of scripture that we're dealing with um, reveals about the kingdom of God is, and he does that through parables. There are Three seed parables. So one, two, sorry, I should have said three there where it says mustard seed. So it's the parable of the sower. And you're going to go and read that in, in your quiet times. And it talks of, of a sower that comes and he sows seeds. And it lands on different grounds. But ultimately, um, for instance, it lands on the, on, the, on the path and the birds come and they eat the seed. And then on shallow ground, and the sun burns the seed. And then also between all, all the onkrate, and then that also doesn't come to fruition. And then the last one is where we have soft hearts, and there's actually there's a harvest that comes um, from, from that seed. And the second parable is just about the seed growing, and then the last one is about a mustard seed that will eventually come become a big tree. And then Jesus, he makes the statement, he says, this is the kingdom. He says the kingdom is like a seed, a small little seed. The kingdom might be what you experience during worship tonight. It might be a testimony. It might be you reading a script and it just jumps out at you 
And suddenly that seed, you receive that seed, and eventually it has the potential to become a big tree and to have influence. So there's a kingdom, it's a new reality. It trumps the old reality. God chooses people. He chooses people like you to advance His kingdom. And then also the kingdom is like a seed. In other words, we receive the kingdom by receiving the seed, but also we have seed that we can use. Because once the seed germinates, it becomes a tree, it again bears more seed and there will be more fruit from that. So how do we receive the king and his kingdom? Because this is a pretty cool world that Jesus is talking about. Have you ever had those friends that, that, that go to, uh, like, a, I remember Rutanga Junction just opened up when I was young. Who remember Rutanga Junction? Can any one of you? Okay. Am I too old? Rutanga Junction. Okay, then, then some of my friends went to Rutanga Junction. And they came back and they, and they said, wow, it's just wild rides that you can go on. It's the cobra. I think it was called the cobra. You have to do the cobra armor. It's amazing. So, so what was happening? They were telling me that they went to a world, a different world. It's different than the Rosenville little parkie with two swaya with half gebrekes. It's a different world. And I came back and it's, wow, it's incredible. It's amazing. Oh, you need to go there. So this is what Jesus Revealing to us, he is walking and being the kingdom. He says, hey, look at this. When I touch people, they get healed. When I speak to the Father, he answers. When demons come into contact with me, they call out who I truly, who I am. Wow, it's a different world. So it's a different world. And, and God's saying, so I want you to be part of this world. And hopefully by now you've realized reading your Bible, I want to be part of Jesus' world. I want to be part of His kingdom. I want to play my role. I want to be one of those, those disciples walking with Jesus, doing what Jesus did. So how do we receive this kingdom? So in the parable of the sower, it talks of the good soil, and it says the following, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. And look at this return on investment. 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So you can receive the kingdom and within the kingdom, there are different rules to investing. You can receive 30-fold, 60-fold and 100-fold. But you need to do two things. The one is, you need to hear the word. And that maybe is the easy part. So how do I hear the word? You have a disciplined, quiet time where you read yourself the word. A lot of us, we want to change the world, but we're not even disciplined enough to get into the word. Not on a daily basis. You read the word. You come to church. You say, hey, I want to know. Hey, what's, what's the gospel of Mark about? You're going to search Maybe get a commentary. Maybe get one of these study Bibles. These EASV study Bibles, they are amazing. I want to know what is, what is it saying. I want to hear the Word. But then the second thing that it also says, in order for us to bear fruit and to have this increase of 30, 60, and 100, 
is we need to receive the word. We need to accept it to be true. Because if I, if I read here and I say, hey, we are the 12 apostles, and I say to you, hey, you know what? You have been called to be with Jesus. Some of you don't even believe that. You don't believe that to be true. You don't believe that God really wants to be with you. So you need to get yourself into a place of faith to understand that God wants to be with you. And then also you need to get to a place that God actually wants to send you out. He wants to use you, that you have a message, but we don't believe that. So we've heard the word, but we haven't received the word. We haven't accepted it to be true. And then the last one, most of you don't believe that you can drive out demons. Most Christians don't believe that you can drive out demons, but you can. So in order for us to receive the king and his kingdom, to, un- to get into this Ratanga junction, so to speak, of kingdom living, we need to hear it and we need to receive it. And then Mark 3 verse 35 gives us another tip on how to receive it. And the context here is Jesus is ministering to a group of people. Then his mom and his sisters arrive on the scene and he says, hey, um, or they call him and say, hey, your mom and your sisters are outside. And he says, who are my mom and who are my sisters? Please don't speak to your mom in that way, but, but this is what Jesus does. And then he makes this statement. He says, For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus takes it a little further. He says, Hear the word. Get into a community where the word's spoken. Then accept it to be true. But then you go and do the word. And once you are doing the word, then you become part of my family. And I am the one with all the resources. There is a family trust and your name is written down as a beneficiary of this family trust. And you only have access to this if you receive or you hear receive and do. And that family trust It has quadrillion, quadrillion, more than you can ever imagine in it in the form of resources, spiritual but also physical resources. And you have access to that if you hear, if you accept, and if you do. So this is how we gain access to the Ratanga Junction experience of kingdom living. So I love... I love adventure. I love whether it's running in the mountains or jumping off cliffs or just experiencing the wildness of nature. Last night, um, we, had a, we had a run with a couple of friends and we went to Pepsi Pools and I, I was just amazing jumping in there and it's, it's, it's rainy, it's wet, just love that. But the greatest adventure that I've ever gone or entered into was just signing up to say yes to Jesus. Say, hey, Jesus, I'm just saying yes. If, it's, if it says this in the Bible, then it must be true. And I'm going to do my very best to live up to this specific standard and to obey your voice. And that's where, where the kingdom becomes a reality. And the kingdom really is one of the greatest adventures. It's not easy It's very, very difficult. It's actually impossible. That's why you need Jesus 
to accomplish what God has called you to do. So let's look at the different responses that Jesus got when he was on earth. So, because he's, he's saying, hey, I'm king, and he's showing that he's king. And he's revealing his kingdom. But they, people respond in different ways. So the question here is, how will we respond to Jesus? So, chapter 3, verse 6, talks of the Pharisees and the Herodians that want to destroy Jesus. And then we see the people who had diseases, they pressed around him. They want to get healed. And then we see the demons heralded him as the son of God. Then chapter 3, 12, his family says, no, he's out of his mind. He's crazy. The scribe said he is possessed by demons. The disciples asked, who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey? An ex, an ex demon possessed man went proclaiming his goodness after he got delivered. And then Nazareth, his hometown, took offense at him. One man, the same man, in different contexts, and people respond to him differently. It's the same king. Declaring the same kingdom. But the one group says, hey, this is the king. And even the demon says, hey, this is the son of God. But then the people that were waiting for him, the scribes and the Pharisees that were waiting for the Messiah to come, they're like, we want nothing to do with him. He blasphemes. We want to destroy him. We want to kill him. His family, his very own family says he is out of his mind. But then there are normal people like the fishermen, the tax collectors that acknowledge that this is, must be someone special. Because when he speaks to the waves, when he speaks to the storms, they obey. So there are two lessons to take from this. The one is, is a question, how will we respond? The other one is, once you sign up, to submit to the king and to the kingdom, you're probably going to get similar responses. And if you get those, just deem yourself to be privileged because Jesus also, you're in the company of Jesus. He also got those responses. Have people said to you, hey, you are mad to follow Jesus so wholeheartedly. You're so naive, Armo, to believe that there is a good God that." That's going to provide for you. You're so naive. I've heard that. Oh, you're crazy. Surely it's going to die out after you've finished varsity. Surely you're going to grow up. And you're going to understand that's not how the world works. Oh, you, you believe in, in the spiritual reality. You believe that you can pray in tongues that actually has significance in the spirit. You're crazy, Armel. You're crazy. What does science say? So, You'll have those responses. There's a reason why Jesus said, hey, I'm asking you to come and follow me. I'm not going to follow you. I'm asking you to follow me. But just know, when you follow me, before you sign up, count the cost. You might not be the most well-loved person. Maybe even your family might go against you. 
People who say you're crazy, people who say you're stupid, you're a religious fanatic, fundamentalist, or even like they told my dad, they said, hey, hey Andre, do many Andre, because he started driving on demons, and people said, hey, this can't be true, this is not, this is 21st century, this obviously can't happen, this is scientific, scientific kind of environment, we, we don't live in in this old age, in the, in the New Testament times anymore. And, he's, and they said to him, hey, but Andre, probably you have a demon. Are you, are you willing to take that flag? I'm willing. I've already taken a lot of those flag. I'm fine with it. What will your response be to Jesus? Because I know that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of, of the messiness of this world, currently I am at peace. I have more peace than I've ever had before in this time. And I can promise you this word, the gospel that we're reading, gospel of Mark, all of this, it is true. And if you, if you hear it, if you accept it, and if you do it, you'll see the full reward. The 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold blessing. It's up to you just to say, hey, Lord, I respond. I want to respond to you like those crazy nutcase disciples that say, yes, Lord. Just yes. Can the band come up, please? Yesterday afternoon when I, was, when I was praying, I just felt the Lord saying that it's a mess out there. And I, I can testify to that fact. If you, if you know what I know about what's happening to people, what's happening to, to young girls, what's happening in our poor communities, what's happening in our, in our rich communities, what's happening in the world, what's happening in the economic system, you'll you'll realize it's, it's a mess. And if you, if you are blessed in this time, it's great because you just, you're probably just getting the 30 and the 60 and the 100 fold reward. You just, and thank Jesus for that. That's, that's great. It is a mess out there. But then I also felt the Lord saying, the church is arising and the church is, it's, it's us. And we need, to, we need to stand up and we need to create this community where we believe the impossible. That when people come into this environment, they meet with King Jesus and then everything else falls away. Your sin falls away. Your insecurity falls away. Your, your hurt, your pain, all of those things it's of less importance. All you want to do is just be with Jesus. And this is where ultimate peace comes in. There's no messiness in your relationship with, with Jesus. It might be messy to the outside. It might be messy in the response that, that people give you and you just following Jesus wholeheartedly. But there's no messiness in your, in your relationship with Jesus. It's peace.
In Isaiah 9, it speaks of Jesus coming and it says, to his government, there's no end. To his peace, there's no end. So he's, he's still the government of the world. He's governing the world. He's governing our society. And also, he's bringing peace. So I want you just to stand with us and, and we're just going to, we're going to worship And I want you to just, this is, this is between you and God, but it's, it's great that we can do this in a corporate setting because when somebody has a breakthrough, then all of us can join in celebration. I want you just to have this conversation with the Lord. Lord, how should I respond to you today? Or maybe even you should ask, hey God, how have I been responding to you? Am I like your sister, your mother? Am I like the Pharisees? Or am I like your disciples? God, I want to respond to you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Teach me how to do that appropriately. Because I want to step into your kingdom. And yes, Lord, I, I want to experience the 30, 60, 100 fold blessing. Because blessings come with, with the territory. It comes with that family trust. It comes with your name being written down as a beneficiary of everything that Jesus has done. And you, that's part of our inheritance. That's what Jesus died for. But let's just ask the Lord, Lord, how can I respond? And if God, if God says to you, hey, you need to start dancing, you need to start raising your hand, you need to start getting involved more in church. You need to serve. You need to go and make right with that specific person. Whatever God's speaking to you, know that you have hear what He is saying. Now you need to accept it to be true. And also you need to go and do it. And then, only then, in that place of obedience, you'll get access to the fullness of the kingdom. Let's, let's just worship Jesus. 